Hello, hello, and welcome to a special episode of Popping Game. It's award seasons, and we are talking the Video Games Awards 2023. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? Man, I am doing great. I am ready to get into our episode today. We recorded a very quick breaking news episode, like a few minutes ago. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to check that out. But man, I'm ready to get into the awards here because there's a there's a lot to get into, both good and bad. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's something, man. It, it, it's something. <laughs> um, but yes, if you if if you want, please check out our very quick episode talking about uh, Fantastic and the day before. But for now, let's go ahead and get into our big show because we are actually uh, getting ready to go on vacations pretty soon. And I'm sure Taylor uh, wants to finish editing so he can take his much, much deserved break. All right. You ready to do this, Taylor? I am ready, man. All right. Over the past weekend, we had our annual Beal Game Award show created and hosted by Jeff Keighley. So needless to say, uh, it was a big night for so many games. We're going to talk about so many awards. Uh, we're going to talk about our impressions. And Taylor even believes he has a way to improve the show or at least a pretty good balancing act that hopefully Jeff and company will take into 2024. So let's go ahead and get right there. into it. <laughs> you set me up oh, yeah. there. I, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah taylor i'm gonna do that to you uh so with that said taylor what were your impressions of this year's vga i this it, it wasn't a great show i would actually say it was a pretty bad show overall i think this is just it's become too big of an event over the past few years it's like the game awards to me took over the popularity of e3 and it's like, okay, this is the big event of the year for gaming. And now we're at the point to where the Game Awards is too big for its own good. And it's like a four-hour show every year. And there's all these ads and all these reveals. And they're trying to also balance it out with the awards. And they're trying to do all this. And it's not really working out for really anything. There's not enough reveals one year, or the reveals aren't good enough, and or then they don't. There's not enough time for the awards, and people don't have enough time to talk, and then they have too much time to talk. And what are you gonna do here? Uh, I would suggest my big idea. Apparently, that Michael decided to freaking hype up like it's this is great next thing. Hey, I would just Taylor. split this up into two days. I really, really? I'd split it up in two days, one being the awards themselves and one being the E3 showcase. Because that way you can have the awards themselves and you can have all the developers and everybody who's interested in that go up on stage and talk about, uh, you know, everything and thanking everybody and the hard work that went into the game. Maybe you hold off on like three or four of the big awards till the next day. But the majority of the awards are showcased the first day. And then the second day is all about the reveals and more of a celebration. Maybe you have some of the people who won awards come back for day two for some fun things or whatever. Uh, 
I think some of the skits they've been doing have been not good. Right, yeah. <laughs> been well, I hate using the word cringy, but they've been a little cringy. And I'm really tired of the Muffets at this point. I know Jeff loves them. <laughs> but man, we are running that into the ground here, aren't we, man? I actually like, uh, I actually like the Muppets too. <laughs> I'm actually with Jeff so on that that's one. That's two of you at least. Yeah. The Muppets aren't the worst, okay? Oh, no. I'll say that. They're not the worst skit. They just feel kind of misplaced in award show, uh, for an award show for yeah, games. Yeah, it just kind of feels misplaced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the best way to put it. But yeah, I would say split it up into two nights. That's the best course of action for me. And then maybe you hold off on the best, uh, best game of the year, best performance, the like what you consider to be the big three to big five. Uh, most prestigious awards until everything else is in night one. But uh, yeah, that's what I would do. What about you? How'd you feel about the show? Uh, I actually couldn't wait for it to wrap up. It, I I, believe, I think it's too long. Three hours is far too long, uh, especially with the rate that they just fly through the awards. There's no reason that show should have been three hours. Uh, I actually felt that way last year too. I feel like the, the, the award show just drags on. And I can never figure out why, uh, but somebody figured that out this year, but we'll talk about that some other time. Um, I actually like the way you're thinking. Uh, if, if I was going to do it, I would do like a pre-show the day before, uh, a digital only event to where we're going to fly through awards anyway. So we'll do some of the smaller awards like the esports section or even, you know, uh, some of the smaller stuff that they fly through anyway what else do they they fly through so many stuff like the family friendly event platforms and stuff like that like okay make that the pre the, the day before the, oh my goodness i can't believe i just said that oh i just thought about it as soon as i said it <laughs> that was that was unintentional um but like if the show's on wednesday i mean if the show's on thursday on wednesday do like a quick digital uh awards pre-show to where you can have uh, the people who already won pre-record their their uh, speech, so that way you don't have to worry about rushing them off the stage. They can record their video, like, "Hey, make your video between one or two minutes," uh, because you have you have plenty of time then, and they can do their one their sixty seconds, one hundred twenty second speech, uh, and you can still show off some of the games, like, "Hey." Here, here's some advertising from games that already came out that you might have forgotten about. Uh, please check them out, buy them; they're available now. And then during the big night, you can do it those show. You can make it another summer fest. If Jeff would just do, do it that way, it's like, hey, we're going to do winter fest mixed in with the award show. Uh, we're going to show you a bunch of trailers and we're going to talk to the developers about their game. I think more people would be more involved. Like, OK, I understand why it's three hours now. We're pretty much getting two shows in one. And during that time, you do also give out the words like, hey, here's best racing game. And then you let the uh developers come on stage one or two minutes all right 30 seconds is way too short i think one minute is a good time two minutes is max you 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 shouldn't be taking more than two minutes for a speech i'm sorry but you shouldn't uh one minute to two minutes that's that's the length you should be able to have uh for for your speech and after that you can do more stuff like you did with kojima and um and and and, and uh oh man anthony mackie was up there a while yeah, yeah. I like Anthony Mackie, though. I like Anthony Mackie. But man, he went up there, and I was kind of just like, dude, are you okay? 
He was having a ball. Really? I think he I know he was having a there. ball, but I'm like, are you okay? You kept like, yeah. He was talking to everybody in the crowd. I'm like, guy, come on, let's well, get. People, I mean, people people were loving him. They were they were quoting him. You know, they were cheering him on. I, hey, he worked the crowd. Yeah, not the not the audience like you and me because you know we were just sitting here wanting this to carry on. But you know, he was he was working with the crowd. He was having a ball to be up there. He was enjoying himself. And, you know, I actually like seeing stuff like that. Where the people are up there who enjoys being up there. Uh, we had uh, a creator. I forgot her name. I can't believe I forgot her name. Uh, she returned to the VGAs and she was so energetic and happy. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what we want to see, Jeff. We want to see more developers who are happy uh, to be up there to talk about their game. So that's that's my plan with the VGAs is have more developers who have time to come on stage, show their excitement, show their pride. Uh, talk about the games that they're working on, claim an award if they have one, and you know, just having a good time. This should be a night to where developers can let loose and let gamers know that hey, this is this is not just some PR thing. We really love uh, our job. We 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 love that you all enjoy our game so much that you went out and you voted for us to win Game of the Year or RPG of the Year or Esport of the Year, so on and so forth. Like the developers should be in the spotlight. That's a night that they should be in the spotlight. No PR nonsense, no suits. The developers themselves up there crying or being happy and just being exciting. I want to see more of that with the VGAs. And I think if you do one or two minutes and give them that time to get up there, collect themselves and be happy, I think you have a much better show. Well, you said let loose. And I think that's another thing because to me it feels like, and I'm not sure this is how it is. It's just the vibe I get while watching the show at home. It feels like people are just still uptight at the award. And I get it. And I, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I say that yeah. and some people initially will hear that and go like, dude, no shit. They're up there to win an award. They don't know if they're winning this award. It's pretty stressful. I get you. But it's that it's the vibe that you're like, yeah, this is supposed to be a celebration of all the developers, even just the nominees. I think that's what I think Jeff Keighley was initially trying to accomplish with the game awards is not necessarily not necessarily who wins but hey everybody who's nominated guess what you made a great game you're here today at the game awards you deserve to be celebrated too and i think that's the vibe that i would want to see is like hey i get it like you want to win and it's stressful but also Let's have like a fun freaking time. Let's not have like everybody just like it feels there's sometimes people were buttoned up and just like, all right, kind of stressed out. Don't know if I'm going to win. This is like, all right, it's kind of calm down on like the winners and losers here. And that's kind of the problem with, I would say, really with the Internet and like who wins game of the year. Like Spider-Man didn't win anything. And that was a big deal. Yeah, seven nominations. Yeah, and how could Spider-Man 2 not win anything? It's like, well, it's a stat freaking year. I love Spider-Man 2. It was my personal game. Bro, yeah, like it was. But I get it. Oh my goodness, it was (laughs) ridiculous. I I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Alan White 2 won so many awards. I was surprised. I was very happy for you, Michael. Man, I'm so happy about that. I know. I was very happy for uh, you. Yeah, Alan Wake 2 was my game of the year. Because I went like a. I was talking to my brother. I was like, man, we didn't get Alan Wake 2. And then I was like, man, if Alan Wake 2 wins Game of the Year, I'm going to be like, damn, what did we miss? 
Because this game <laughs> taking home everything. And Baldur's Gate 3 taking home awards. Zelda taking home an award. And yeah, Zelda, I thought would win more. But man, it was a full night. And everybody's talking about the winners. But I think there can also be more of attention on just the nominees. Yeah. And not to be like, oh, yeah, give out participation trophies or something like that. I'm just saying, like, if this is a celebration of gaming, let's make it a celebration of gaming. You know? That's my point. Uh-huh. It is like not to be like, the winners don't matter. I, the winners shouldn't matter. I'm just saying, if this is going to be a celebration of all the great games over the past year, let's freaking do it. Let's have two nights. Let's have that first night be the celebration of gaming with all the awards pretty much except for like two or three. And then let's just have the developers go up, have their speeches like you were talking about, about a minute, maybe two minutes at most. Shouldn't really go above that, I think. But other than that, it's, hey, let's talk with this developer. Yeah, you guys didn't win, but man, what a freaking game, right? And that's what I think would yeah. be really fun because it's that thing where, yeah, we're not having reveals on night one of the Game Awards in my scenario. But if you had the vibe that everybody's having a great time, at home you're going to be having a great time. And I think if you do that, it could translate. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with the VJs that it doesn't feel like a celebration of games. It doesn't feel like it's celebrating the developers. And man, I think the way that you said it, two nights would be would be uh, I think it would work, but you know, renting out an entire uh auditorium, you know, that costs a lot. Uh, so I don't. So I think the first night uh being all digital would help. Uh, but yeah, man, I I think the biggest problem with the VJs was that they didn't allow developers to talk. That 30 seconds thing was just ridiculous. And I think that's what makes it feel like it wasn't celebrating the developers. It wasn't celebrating video games. Because uh, the people who make them didn't get any respect up there. I'm sorry. Like, again, I, I've said this before. I have high regards for Jeff Keeley. I respect the guy. He's done so much for video games. Uh, if it wasn't for him, the only VGAs we would have is memories of the Spike TV Awards. <laughs> so, hey, big ups to uh, Jeff for doing that. Yeah, and I said what I said about Anthony Mackey. Yeah, Anthony Mackey also, like, it looked like he wanted to be there. And he had a reason mm-hmm. to be there. He was part of the, he was the main character in the Twisted Metal show. A video game yeah, adaptation. Yeah. And you look back to those Spike Game Awards. And then you had those celebrity appearances. And yeah, we have those today at the TGAs. But at the same time, like you look at those other celebrity appearances to where it's like, you're not in a video game. You're not promoting a video. It made no sense. And also it looks like you just don't even understand why you're here. Like you don't understand the audience. Like you're disrespect. Like you're acting like, oh yeah, gaming, a bunch of nerds. Ha ha ha. And it's like, yeah, you're, <laughs> so you're just making fun of the audience watching the show. That's a terrible idea. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. And so we've come such a long way from that, I think. So even when I make fun of, like, Anthony Mackie, yeah, he just kept talking to everybody, and he took a long time. Yeah, he should have been there, though. I get why he was there. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He's in a game. He's promoting said game. I get why he's there. The Fallout TV show cast. Get that too. It's just... I don't know. That was actually pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. I get all that. It's just that 
there's so much to balance and a four hour show is too long period. And I know I'm yeah. exaggerating. It wasn't exactly four hours long, but it felt that way. And you got reveals to do. And that's what I think casual people are hoping to see is all the reveals. And honestly, let's be real here. As much as we love video games and we want to hear the developers talk about how great the games are, Michael, you and I are also hoping for the reveals. Like that, oh, I think, absolutely. is the yeah. selling point of the show. So you got to find a way to balance out the celebration of gaming with the developers, the reveals, and then what you got to do with celebrities and ads. You got to find a way to balance it. And it happening all in one night, it's, it seems impossible to do it all in one night. It just does not seem long-term to be the strategy to use. And I think the way, like, again, just to go back to what I was saying, the way the awards are right now are just, it's so predicated on win, 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 and that's all that freaking matters is who wins the award. When, again, the entire freaking point, it seemed that Jeff Keighley went into the Game Awards and revitalized it, is to just nominate these great games and developers and put a spotlight on them. And it feels like the spotlight isn't on them at all. Yeah. So and that's, that's a, where it's like... that's a shame. And that's what I'm saying. You said all like all digital for night one. I don't think that works, though. Because I think, like I said, night one, you want to give the vibe to the audience. Like, hey, these guys, everybody here, all these people are having a great time. And you want to, like, feel that and be like, oh, man, I remember this game. Oh, yeah, this game was great. You show some gameplay from it. Maybe some people talk about, like, how development was or was something that was scrapped from development they didn't get a chance to do, some fun tidbits or something. It feel I want, like, night one to feel like a award show, but a bit like also a party, if that makes sense. Okay. And night two be, like, the yeah, end uh, of the award it. show with the game the best game being the closer and the rest of it being reveals and it being like, Hey, we're bringing so-and-so back to talk about this. I think that's the way to do it. I know that takes more money because you have to rent out another night, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah. But, uh, the thing is, uh, audience retention, do you think the audience will sit through one night and then come back to the next night? And want to see just a flat out awards because, like you said, a lot of people uh, are there specifically for the reveals. Well, you got to ask yourself when are people going to tune out of the way it is right now? Do you like people? I assume this is going to be another record breaking year for the game awards, but the complaints are continuing. It's too long. Yeah. Now, in years past, it's been the developers talked too long. They had too long speeches. Christopher Judge, for example, he wouldn't <laughs> shut the hell up when he yeah. made a joke about it on this one, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Then he made the shot at Activision, which I thought was also hilarious. And but still, he like had a hugely long speech, and now this year the speeches are too short. So it's it seems like it's always a thing of the balance just isn't there, and as long as they're not hitting home runs with these game awards and it seems like in the past recent years they haven't you think it eventually is going to catch up to them that's my point because we look at e3 interest in e3 just went away 
Yeah, and, uh, and ironically enough, it's because Jeff did such a great job yeah. with like his. He's the one. I would argue he's the one who <laughs> <Yeah>. killed it. <laughs> yeah, he he just he's just he's he just done such a great job with bringing video yeah. games to the forefront for all kinds of gamers, both casual and you know like pro gamers. That yeah, uh, he's changing the way that we consume uh, the media and. It's it's so strange to see him struggle with his own award show, and it's just it's so weird. It's like man, obviously the industry trusts Jeff. You know, you you have all these big time developers and publishers who trust Jeff to put on a show that gives them uh, a spotlight more than just what E three was doing. It's like yeah, we got a few days, and you know we have all these publications to come out and look at the show. But this one is just like no, we're focusing on your game it's not just to put on a show it's to focus on your game because i care about your game i care about getting your game in front of the audience so to see him struggle with i'm going to make this a night about video games but it's going to be more of same old same old uh reveal that the reveals and to try to make it seem so legitimate here's anthony mackie here's uh matthew mcconaughey here's vin diesel it's like yeah that's cool and all, but it's not really what the gamers want. And also to add on to what you're saying, to make it legitimate, and I think there is, whether Jeff Keighley, I don't know if he's said this in the past, but it's just the vibe I get from watching it, is it does feel like Jeff Keighley wants the Game Awards to feel more legitimate, more like the Oscars. But the problem in that yeah. is, is people, I, if people watch the Oscars, all right, I'm not going to say they don't. But I think there is a feeling among a lot of people, too, who feel like, oh, man, the Oscar is just a bunch of elitist people. It's just a bunch of snobby people up there all just tightened up and on in their own little ivory towers talking about who had the greatest performance. And I think that's not the vibe you want to present for the Game Awards either. Yeah, that's where I was talking about, like, you want it to feel more like a party when I was bringing up my suggestion. It's more loosened up. I think that's the when you said that, I think you said that initially is like, oh, yeah, loosened up. I forgot the context in which you were saying it, but that's what oh, I would yeah, let the uh, developers like kind of go free. Yeah, yeah. I, I want the developers to feel as comfortable as possible. This is their night. I want them to chill out. I want people to interview them and talk about what their games were, why they made the game, cool moments from development, stuff like that, man. That sounds interesting to me from, like, if you're doing a two-night thing, that sounds like an interesting night one to me. Because that seems like something the hardcore gamer might be interested in, and it doesn't feel like the developer is, like, this snobby, like, oh, yeah, we're up here to win this award. It feels like, oh, yeah, we're just... Party and have a good time. Yeah, I'll talk about this game. If people are interested, stuff like that. Like, that seems interesting to you, me. You know, I think, yeah, I think one thing, one way that you kind of fix this whole thing, uh, like you were saying, letting developers talk. Okay, I think what we could do is, like, Jeff can have a journalist on his staff, uh, let it be a freelance journalist or whatever. Uh, have somebody come up, go on stage, talk about their, uh, talk, uh, you know, give their thanks for a minute or two. And then walk off stage because when uh, the winners walk off stage, they go to a separate area to take pictures. Uh, I think with that, they should go to that area, take pictures, and it should be a table where somebody will sit there and interview them. So you do the award. They go in the back. Jeff uh, introduces, hey, here's a here's a set of new trailers. Uh, you show three or four 
new reveals. And after that reveal, you do a quick, I don't know, let's say five minute interview with the winner. And I think that would make it seem like, okay, we're focusing on developers. We give you your award. You took your pictures. We took a quick break. And now we're going to spend the next five minutes with you. So you can actually like freely talk about your game and possibly even, Hey, uh, is there anything you're working on in the future? Yeah. We have DLC coming or we're working on this or yeah, we have a roadmap that's coming out soon. Like I think something like that would be something that developers would love to do. Like, Oh yeah, we hope we win so we can talk about our game or talk about what's next for our studio. And I'm pretty sure publisher will love it because, okay, this is more free PR for us. And gamers would definitely love to hear the developers uh, talk about how grateful they are for their award and what they have coming up next. I think that's another way you can fix the award show. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't want to say it's absolutely horrible right now because there's a lot of good to come from this show. And we're going to talk about it. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about our favorite moments because there's a lot of really cool trailers from this show and man Baldur's Gate 3 winning game of the year big deal big deal yeah I was not that surprised by the end but man Island White 2 kind of it gave me the impression by winning a few awards I went wait a minute can Island White 2 actually pull this off at the end <laughs> so yeah we're gonna talk about all that I'm very excited but man it's uh it's it's at least interesting to talk about because it's a show that I want to be good and it has good moments every year. And I like Jeff Keeley, but as it stands right now, it seems like every year there's a problem. And one of the consistent problems is that it's just too long of a show. Yeah. And I find myself looking at my phone every single year going, oh God. We have another two hours, and I know we have another two hours, and it's guaranteed <laughs> every single year that it's going to hit at least three hours. Like, yeah, that's not great. So, I don't know. It's got to change, I think, long term. I'm not saying short term will be fine, and I'm sure, again, it'll break records, and Jeff Keighley will talk about, like, this is the most watched Game Awards show, it's the most successful one we've done next. Can't wait for next year. We're going to make the changes. We'll let developers talk more. We will uh, listen to feedback. But long term, I think it's got to be more than just, oh, yeah, we're going to let the developers talk for 30 more seconds. I think some of the formatting needs to change. But that's just me as a viewer. And I'm sure a lot of people listening have different opinions as well. And I honestly, I want to close this part. Uh, Michael, if you have anything else to add, please. Uh, chime in uh yeah right. i do i do i do know uh jeff did actually uh comment on everybody talking about the 30 seconds the developers yeah. had uh so he actually said that it wasn't automatic uh, he did talk to his people uh the people who's running the show in the background um to change up the time i think but uh you know they stuck with the 30 seconds i guess that's what that's what they had set for the show uh, but he's definitely talked to him about it. So I, I don't think we're going to have that problem next year. Uh, but he definitely agrees that 30 seconds is not enough time. So I think next year we don't have to worry about the 30 second uh, runoff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it'll work for next year, but then there'll be something else that comes up. So that's why I'm just saying format-wise, <laughs> something needs to change yeah. with the show long term. And anybody listening, yeah, yeah. if you got any ideas, I would love to hear them. Just because I think it's a very interesting concept and a conversation to 
Oh, I do know. Yeah, I do know. I do know people want more women on stage. Um, his thing, his thing is like, okay, it's, it's Jeff's show, so of course he's going to be the main one on there. Uh, but he does have uh one female host who does the pre-show. But I think what they want, they want to see uh a more prominent role for women on the stage. So maybe maybe he'll find a co-host or something. Uh, maybe he'll just find help. a way to deal with that. I think that'll help for Jeff Keeley. Really, just give him a co-host for sure. That way he's not having to do every single interview up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think Jeff enjoys it. I, it like, he's always excited to meet the developer. So, you know, I think he enjoys it. But yeah, I think a co-host could be could, could be a good way to shake things up a bit. Yeah. So if you got any ideas for the Game Awards, we'd love to hear about them. So join our Discord, chat with us. But getting into the Game Awards themselves, Michael... There's a few huge reveals that I was really excited about. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Because I think you know what mine's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in what you got to say. So so let's go ahead with you. My number one most anticipated game going forward is Light No Fire. Oh, okay. This game looks freaking amazing. This is the game from Hello... <laughs> this is the game from Hello Games. Hello Games. <laughs> AKA <laughs> the team behind No Man's Sky. Uh, Sean Murray said he was going, or the team is going to continue working on No Man's Sky and it's not going anywhere. But they are also working on Light No Fire and it looks like a, it kind of looks like the next natural progression for No Man's Sky to me. Like they had this mm-hmm. like, multi-galaxy spanning game and then hello games went hey let's scale it down to one earth and not just like one earth but let's have that whole earth be explorable and have different versions of it and you're gonna it looks to be like a lot of players on the map like you're gonna be able to scale mountains and the mountains are gonna be absolutely massive you're gonna be able to traverse the entire planet like it looks really cool, man. It does. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, so it's No Man's Sky on a smaller scale, yet at the same time bigger. So I was like, that that is pretty impressive. It does feel like a natural uh, evolution of what they were doing with No Man's Sky. It seems smaller but bigger. Was, it's a it's weird yeah, though. And, and and the thing is, you like like it's not just the land in the mountains. Like you can also go underwater. So I'm kind of interested in seeing like, okay, are they gonna have like different creatures on the water? Uh, is there going to be some kind of combat to it? Is it going? It's going to stay simplistic, like No Man's Sky. It looks like some combat stuff too. Like we didn't see any combat. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, when we saw No Man's Sky, there wasn't a whole lot of combat there either. Yeah. Until later on, when they showed like, oh, you can shoot little lasers at robots. But it's like, eh, well, I mean, since there's going to be players also involved, uh, are we going to have like? dog fights too because i'm sure it's gonna be aircrafts like how just how much freedom is in this game so i'm interested in seeing what they show off because they said that they've already been working this game for five years now so it's amazing when you think about the past five years how much they did with no man's skies and they were working on another game it's like man hello games just make other developers look bad (laughs) and that person's like yeah we were working on two different games and still giving players massive free updates like geez man that's ridiculous no microtransactions either they haven't asked any no, extra yeah. money for any of these updates hello games is are they now my favorite developer 
They gotta be like some kind of money laundering scheme going on there. Because how know. are you still paying for things? I, I don't know, but you know what? I I appreciate them for doing what they're doing. Like they are in the world of gaming in 2023. They are such a throwback in a good way. Of like, hey, we're just gonna oh, make yeah. good products, and yeah, we didn't start the best way, but damn it, we're gonna finish the right way. Yeah, I uh, think of that now. I want to get in contact with Hello Games, and I just want to ask how are you guys affording this. Like, <laughs> that's the one question. Like, is no man's that's it? Like, how do you guys make money? <laughs> yeah, because it's just okay. I get that you did a couple of free updates, but the numerous updates you guys did, the numerous expansions, the way you've changed up the game, all for free. Come on, this this. I don't know how you guys are doing it. Like, what's going on? Because you see so many developers like, oh, yeah, we can't do certain things unless we do microtransactions. Or, oh, no, we can't do this without making a a $20 season pass or something. Hello Games just like, yeah, no, we just want to make a game. And we hope you like it. Oh, you do like it? Okay, we're going to give you more of what you like. It's like, well, okay, how much do I owe you? Oh, nothing. You already bought the game. That's all we needed. come on there's there's something involved i don't know what it is so but hey i'm going to assume hello games does uh support work for other studios or something i i have to know personally i have to know i'm curious in a good way is it game pass or is xbox helping out a lot there too is somehow like are they on playstations playstation plus or are they getting paid there as well i think so i don't know i don't know i got the game pass app yeah, I don't think it's on Game Pass or uh, PlayStation. It's on News. Game Pass. Oh, is it? I'm 99% oh, it is. sure. Oh, no, it is. I see it. Oh, wow. I but did not know that. Light No Fire looks really good. You, it, There's a lot of creatures that looks like you can fly on. It looks really fun. I don't know what the combat's going to look like. It. You saw some of the building. The building looks more, at least visually appealing than in No Man's Sky. It seems to be a lot of more teamwork as well going on there. I hope the combat's better because you said like, oh yeah, No Man's Sky's got combat. I'm like, eh, kind of. Like if I had to complain <laughs> about anything, it's that they need a major combat update to No Man's Sky. But that's really their biggest flaw, I would say. Um, So I hope that gets right. improved. But man... Really excited to see what Hello Games has got in store for Light No Fire. What's a big standout for you at the Game Awards 2023? So, oddly enough, is Blade. Same. That was my next one. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's so weird because they didn't show nothing. It didn't show anything. It just started But the point that it came from... Yeah, yeah. Just because it was Blade and it's done by the team that did uh, Deathloop. I was like, I'm in. Okay, I'm excited now. Let's go. And that was the one. That's the one announcement that made me like stand up out of my chair. And I'm pretty sure I give out a pretty, pretty loud yelp. uh, Because, bro, I was so excited about that. And it's weird because it's like Microsoft saw what PlayStation did. Was like, you know, it really was dumb of us not to get Spider Man or Wolverine. Okay, Marvel games. We've learned our lessons. Uh, who who can we get? It's like, oh, well, we have these heroes left. And like, okay, we're going to get Blade because uh, Blade is such a cool character. You guys are already working on a Blade movie. Uh, so I think that will help us and that will help you. And yeah, I'm excited that Xbox finally wised up and 
is getting a Marvel game and it's being done by such a great group that does such a great job of storytelling and combat. Oh man, I cannot wait for that one. I know they say they just started development, so I so we probably won't see the game until like 2025 and then we won't get the game until like 26 or 27. So that makes me kind of sad. But at the same time, I'm willing to wait for it. I'm excited. Same. Really excited for it. And when they were talking about it, and to take nothing away from when they were like, yeah, here's why we wanted to make the game. You know, just once, though, I wish somebody was just like, why are you making a game like Blade? And I wish the person would just go, because he's fucking cool. Like, <laughs> that's all, awesome and that's yeah. it. Like, part, <laughs> sometimes I think that's it. You don't need to go any further. And I understand why you go further and, like, the long answer of, like, yeah, in the development side, we have really fits what we want to do, and Blade is such a rich character and everything. But sometimes, though, I do think you can just go, why are you picking Blade? Because Blade's really cool. Haven't you seen him? It, it does seem kind of random, though. Like, when you think about the MCU, it's like, hey, you guys can do Thor, or you guys can do uh, new, the new Guardians, or it's like, oh, you can do Miss Marvel or something like that. It's like, nah, man, we want somebody cool. We want Blade. Give me Blade <laughs> or Ghost Rider. Like, that is the two correct answers. If you're just like, what can, mm, can you make a yeah. cool game from a Marvel character that hasn't really been done before? Okay, what what can we use? Blade and Ghost Rider are the two right answers here. Yeah, I'm just glad we don't have to worry about it being a uh, live service game because oh, they God. were they came right out and said it's like it's a single player, third person action game. I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Yep. I'm so glad you guys can keep doing what you do best. I agree with you though, man. I'm really excited for it. I I know it's a long ways away, but. It is cool to see Xbox get a Marvel game as well. Um, it sucks that we're getting these exclusives, though. This is the thing where it's like, I kind of wish they were just all timed. Yeah. You know? Where it's like Spider-Man can eventually come out five years later, three years later on Xbox, and then Blade can come out three years, five years later on PlayStation. Because I assume, I, I don't think they've confirmed it, but I assume Blade is going to be Xbox exclusive. Right. But... It is. I mean, well, the thing is, uh, the thing is, see, I have a PC, PlayStation 5, and Series X. So for me, I'm okay no matter what. Oh, same. I'm just saying in terms of just (laughs) gaming in general, I'm looking out for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a man of the people. (laughs) Nah. Nah, not me. Forget them. It's all about me. It's all about you. It's about what I enjoy. But to talk about another game that I think looked really good, I don't know how you felt about it. And I do think Kojima talked way too long, but OD. <laughs> we know what the game Kojima's been working on with Xbox is called. It is OD Overdose. We didn't get a whole lot of what it's about, but we do know that he is working with Jordan Peele, among other very, uh, how don't know how it was described, but very notable horror creators so yeah i'm thinking del toro's involved oh dude that'd be amazing as soon as i saw jordan peele i was like that's a great fit great fit right there oh my goodness like this is it's not del toro but at the same time like if you're telling me somebody if del toro is eventually revealed to be involved and jordan peele with kojima oh man like i know there's also a lot of 
uh, stuff going around like, oh yeah, I could even talk too much. And man, you know, he's after Death Stranding, I feel like Kojima's reputation. I don't want to say it's taken a hit, but it's been like, oh yeah, everybody just calls him a genius. I mean, yeah, he just made a walking simulator. Look, I get it, but he didn't make the Metal Gear Solid franchise, one of the greatest franchises of all time. He's going to be known as a gaming legend for the rest of his life. And I've always said on this show, like he is, I don't want, because I'm going to sound like I'm one of those people going like he's a genius. I do think he is a creative genius, but here's the thing. He is also not perfect. He has made many mistakes no. in the terms of like creating a yeah. story. And I think you'll see that throughout Metal Gear Solid, and you've seen that with Death Stranding. So if you have somebody like a Jordan Peele or whoever the whoever else is working with him on OD to help him with that, that's a perfect partnership. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's definitely going to be an episodic kind of deal. Um, I get the same vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I remember uh, Kojima loves movies. <laughs> he wants to be a director. He wants to direct movies one day, uh, which I'm super interested in seeing what a Kojima movie would look like. Um, but yeah, with him working with notable horror directors and writers, uh, like Jordan Peele, I'm super interested in seeing what they got coming along because Del Toro has been wanting to work with Kojima, and Kojima's been wanting to work with Del Toro forever. You know, they're friends; they've been they've known each other for a while. Uh, Del Toro loves Kojima's work. Kojima loves Del Toro's work, and to see Kojima bring in Jordan Peele, which uh, if anybody watched Jordan Peele's movies like uh, Us and Nope, uh, Kojima loved those movies. Uh, so to see Jordan Peele walk out, I was like, yo, okay, I might actually play this game because I've talked about this before on the podcast. I'm a little bitch when it comes to horror games. I, I can play Alan Wake 2. I'll suffer Alan Wake 2 because like, I really love that game. Uh, I really love the world of Alan Wake and Remedy. So I'm definitely going to be involved. Uh, well, not involved, but I'm definitely going to be engrossed in a Kojima horror game. Uh, I'm completely down with that, especially since he has Jordan Peele uh, working on the game with him. And he says others, like you said, other notable directors, which you and I are both hoping Del Toro is involved. But man, I, I can't wait to see who else he has uh, involved as well. Hopefully Sam Raimi. Oh, my goodness. Can you uh, can you imagine uh, the goofiness of Kojima and Sam no, Raimi? With that's too much. That I'm sorry. I like Sam no, Raimi. <laughs> Look, the, you need somebody, I think, to rein him in. And, and I said all those good things about Kojima, yeah. but for real. Like, I think his problem is sometimes he'll go too overboard, and his yeah, idea yeah, is like he's still can get kind of convoluted. Yeah, and especially with like Death Stranding, I think it became a thing of trying to make something so unique, but in so I think people just went, "Yeah, man, I get you, but it's this is still a video game. Like, it's not fun." I think that's the problem some people had with Death Stranding. They didn't really find fun in it. And I, I think you need sometimes somebody to rein him in to his creative ideas. Sam Raimi probably isn't going to do that because he's a little similar in that sense to where he'll go, yeah, let's get fucking nuts with it. Yeah, I, I kind of want that. I, I mean, if Sam Raimi had more 
creative control over Multiverse of Madness, I think it had been even wilder than what it was. And I like Multiverse of Madness, by the way. I'm not one of those people who were just against it. I actually liked that movie. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I enjoyed that movie. Um, but I, but even I can see that, yeah, Sam Raimi did not have as much creative freedom as he probably should have had. Uh, but yeah, I think was, I think with a medium light in video games, Sam Raimi would have more creative freedom working with Phil Spencer. Uh, Phil is about creativity. He's, he's going to allow them to have creativity. I'm sorry, man. I know you said that you wouldn't want to see it, but me personally, I would love to see just how whacked out a Sam Raimi Kojima production can be. <laughs> and I don't know. I, w- I, w- I would be okay with a little bit of goofy horror to kind of like balance out the Jordan Peele psychological horror or the Del Toro's uh, visual horror. If he ends because, up man, Del Toro involved. makes some of the coolest visual. I really, I, oh, don't say that. I hope he is because Del Toro makes some of the coolest visuals. But yeah, man, I will, I will, I would love to see that. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Od sounds promising. Not a whole lot to go on, and I, this is to go into the it issues not, no, with not. the Game Awards too. But this is a thing where I don't mind if the developers getting into it, right? Who like Kojima's yeah, yeah. just going on and on, and I'm like, all right, let's get some information here. But it felt like Ajima never said a damn word that was like <laughs> notable. You know, right? Yeah, and he was no, just I talking. To, he was talking like a politician, man. He was going around in circles, and I'm like, okay, what can we get into something that's like, what is this game about? What can you tell us that's like really important here? And Jordan Peele came out, didn't really help either. I think the thing is because they can't talk about it. And, you know, they had that allotted time because, uh, you know, Jeff absolutely loves Kojima. They're best friends. Um, and I think they were just like, man, we can't say anything about this game. We can't talk about it just So let's yet. waste 15 minutes of everybody's time. That's my point with the yeah, game. Pretty much. It's like this is where the balancing and not to go back into our conversation earlier, but this is where it's going to be a problem if you want to keep it one night is balancing all those things and people are going to have an issue with yeah Kojima talked for 15 minutes didn't say anything of note and meanwhile people are getting rushed off stage like we could have used more time there so I, I that's where I get the criticism there and where it's like yeah I just uh, go back that one last time to go like yeah this is where if you're gonna keep it one night you're gonna continue to have that balancing issue but uh yeah we don't know a whole lot about OD, but we do know that it is the game that he was working on for Xbox and uh, working on it with Jordan Peele, among other people. So very excited to see what is next. Michael, what is your next notable game from the Game Awards? You know, that's the thing. So much has happened that I'm not even really like super excited. It's like, man, this is overload. There's so much. Um... But yeah, I'm sorry, man. But after Blade, I think Blade and OD were the two games where I was just like, you know what? Yeah, these are these are the things that I'm kind of excited for. And it's so weird. The games that got me excited were the games that showed nothing. It's <laughs> it's so weird because everything else felt like they were overdoing it. If that makes sense, because like man, they were showing off these games. I was like, yeah, everything is quick cuts, fast paced, uh, loud music. It kind of became too much to where I became numb to it. And some of the more humble uh, trailers were the ones I was like, yo, that's interesting. Okay, I want to know more about that. While the other ones was like, 
here's everything. Oh, you're showing too much. I don't really care anymore. So I think that's really, really weird to say, but honestly, it's true. There's nothing else that made me feel like it was special. Everything felt so fast and like, like a Hollywood, like a Hollywood blockbuster. Like after a while, you just get sick of seeing explosions. You want to see something like Oppenheimer and Barbie that just comes out of nowhere and just like, you know what? Those don't look like the other movies that's coming out. I'm interested in those. And I think that's what OD and Blade did for me was, hey, we announced these things, but we're not going to show you anything. But it looks cool, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, it does. I'm interested. Uh, so for me, it was just those two games. So there was a game called Exodus. I think this is the Matthew McConaughey game, correct? Yeah, and it looked <laughs> so generic. I'm sorry. I, I, I was, was going to avoid that game yeah. because I was like, yo, you know what? It seems like a watered-down Returnal, and at the same time, it kind of like Mass Effect. It's super weird how that worked out to where, okay, McCa- uh, Matthew McConaughey is going, to be in a, is going to be in a game. That's really cool. Uh, hopefully, it's not like uh, Callisto Project. Callisto Protocol. You say that every time. And I think that tells you like how. What did I say? You said Callisto Project. Oh. <laughs> I think it tells you like how little Callisto Protocol worked for you. That you cannot even get the yeah. right. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. But I get you. I think it looks interesting enough for me to see, like, I want to see another trailer. I'm not ready to make up my mind yet one way or the other. And with it having that Mass Effect kind of vibe-ish to it, it gave me also Outriders vibes, which is not good. So I want to see which way it's going to lean. So I want to see what the next trailer, what the next look at the game is going to be. But I thought it was worth mentioning on our recap here. There was also the game from, uh, was it, is it called House House? The Untitled Goose Game developer? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that game. Called uh, Big Walk, which looked mm. weird. <laughs> I, and I say that, <laughs> when I say weird, I don't mean it in a bad it's way. A good I mean way. it like good. Like this was a yeah, standout yeah. to me and a like oh man, this looks fun. But man, the one word to describe it is weird. Yeah. Um uh I guess for me, I like I hate to say it, but I like the Suicide Squad cuz the Justice League trailer they showed. I uh, those think you're cool high on some gorillas. What? <laughs> hold on, let me explain. Hold on, hold on. Uh, they got me when they did that cool mix of the of gorillas. I like gorillas. Uh, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, I know it's just one person, but they collaborate with so many people. Um, and yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is a cool mix. But looking at the gameplay, I'm like, yeah, I'm still not interested because I don't want to do a live service game. And apparently, it will have an offline mode, but not at launch. It'll come later. So. Yeah, that's a cool way to ruin it. But yeah, I Suicide Squad had a pretty cool trailer, I will admit. Um, there was one game that actually caught my attention. Uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2. I thought that looked really good. Yeah, they finally showed, like, no shit gameplay for it. Hellblade 2, dude, yeah, I think you hit nail on the head. Like, Hellblade 2 needed gameplay. Badly. Yeah. Like, it needed what it got at the Game Awards. Like, when we talk about what what do games need to show at events, 
if you were to tell me what does Hellblade 2 need to show, they fucking nailed it. This was exactly it. They like if you're talking about hitting a ball out of the ballpark home run, they are a game who did it. Great job. Yeah, it took them forever, but yeah, yeah, we finally got some actual gameplay. I was like, okay, it looks the, the combat looks very similar to the first one, but uh, it seems like there's more encounters in this one. There's more uh, freedom for players to actually like uh, make movements and they'll do one on one battles. I wonder if they're gonna do three on one like they did in the first one. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely focusing on story. But I am happy to see actual gameplay because, yeah, sure, when you show us a cutscene of how the game looked a couple years ago when she was running from some giant titan, it looked kind of cool. But we weren't sure if it was actual gameplay. But with this, it's like, oh, okay, so the game does look like this. It does look good. Okay, cool. It's not some pre-rendered nonsense. This is actually what we're going to see at launch. Uh, so for me, it was kind of cool. But it wasn't enough to sell me on Hellblade 2 just yet. I like the first one, don't get me wrong. Uh, but with this one, Team Ninja is great with characters and story. So I want to see more of the story focusing on Sunua and her journey. So I don't remember when this was towards the end. Of, I think it was towards the end of the show. But there was a Jurassic Park trailer here called like Jurassic Park Survival. Oh my goodness. When this trailer yeah. started, I was like, fuck yes, I am in. This is a great idea. It <laughs> takes place like directly after the events of the first Jurassic Park movie. That employee got stuck at the uh, park and she's basically mm -hmm. just trying to escape. So everybody else is gone and you see like the aftermath of the events of the movie and then the uh freezer door opens up there's a raptor in that freezer open. door yeah. and it's like oh man this is such a good idea it's giving me that uh what was that game that alien isolation like it was oh, giving yeah. me those vibes and then we got okay. gameplay and i want to say the gameplay is bad <laughs> like I, like it was one of those things that's like you know what i'm gonna still keep up with it this game still looks appealing to me potentially but it also just being first person really didn't help. Mm. Like to me, that was uh, a third really person out. knock out of the park home run. I don't mean to use that same phrase twice, but it seems like it should have been third person. And as soon as I saw it was first person and it looked so much worse than the cinematic trailer, I was just like, ah, this is, <laughs> this is a, this is a letdown. Okay. See, I was thinking more. Dead by Daylight vibes, but I didn't know it was a single-player thing. Speaking of which, by the way, Dead by Daylight's getting a single-player game called, uh, what was it, The Casting of Frank Stone? Yeah. I don't know what to think about it. Uh, they just showed a quick, yeah, they just showed a quick uh, CGI trailer of it. I don't play Death by Daylight, so I don't know the lore of the game. I just know they use uh, horror icons from movies and TV shows. So I was like, okay, I don't know what you're going to do with a single player, but if that's helped, if that helps uh, attract more people to Dead by Daylight and allows the developers to do more cool stuff with more horror icons, uh, then yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it was a thing. It was announced. Uh, just like Skull and Bones got announced uh, with their release date. No shit. This is it. Release date. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about uh, the day before. One game. And just <laughs> Can't wait for that episode we're going to do for Skull and Bones' release. 
Uh, well, how do you feel about the Last Sentinel? The Last Sentinel. It was a uh, don't even remember. It was a cinematic trailer, which tells you a lot, by the way. To be fair, there was a lot of trailers here to where I felt like there was gameplay shown at the end. So mm-hmm. it felt like a lot of studios did take some feedback to go like, hey, quit with all the cinematics and did the cinematic, but then showed some gameplay towards the end. So yeah. I appreciate yeah, so you some for alpha that. gameplay. Um, yeah, even that, though, like I just show us something that we can latch our teeth onto. Um, but the last Sentinel was not one of those trailers that had gameplay at the end. It was from Lightspeed LA. Um, it was basically like a thing where they were robots who looked like humans. Uh-huh. And then there was other robots who were yeah. coming to kill them. And then this uh, motorist comes in and she saves the uh, people who are about to get killed. And I don't know. It looked like a futuristic-ish game. It looked interesting enough. I take it you are not that interested, though, considering you don't remember it in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, it didn't really catch me. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's because we just had, um, oh gosh darn it, some Ironheart. No, what was that game called? Wow, I feel stupid because I actually enjoyed that game. Um, oh, so you just don't remember games at all. I, I, apparently I don't. <laughs> apparently I'm so bad at remembering games this year. But you'll remember the Suicide Squad uh, Kill the Justice League trailer, which hey, hey, wait, 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 hold on. It had gorillas in it. Okay, so that don't, 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 don't do that to me. Uh, but dang it, yeah, uh, Atomic Heart. Um, we had that this year. You remember Atomic Heart? Did you know that came out this year? I wish I could forget it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Nah, I was being mean, but I, I didn't really care. <laughs> to be real honest, uh, apparently a lot of people didn't because that game came and went. Oh my goodness, that game was forgotten so fast. I actually feel kind of bad for it because a lot of people, myself included, was excited for like a couple of years to see how whacked out this game was, just for it to kind of be disappointing. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think Sentinels just did not catch my fancy. And I'm just kind of tired of the futuristic robots are evil, android kind of thing. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not really, I guess that's not a genre for me. Uh, but the only two games that I can think of that caught my uh, fancy, but not as much as Blade. Oh my god, I can't wait for that one. Uh, Sega announced that they're doing some new makeovers for their franchises, such as Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. How'd you feel about that? I find that to be pretty interesting. I, I thought it was going to be all at once, but it seems to be that they're going to be releasing those over a period of time. Yeah. So, I don't know. See how it goes. I was disappointed how they look. Because hmm. the thing is, Just That Radio had this cool, cartoonish, cel-shaded anime style to it. Like It looked like graffiti, and it was kind of cool. But then when you see the new version... And it looks so flat and plain. I was just like, oh my goodness, you took all the charm out of Jet Set Radio. And now it just looks like any other like like fan remake or something. It looked like something that somebody was learning uh, Unreal Engine or Unity. And they wanted to make a, a, a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. But nope, it's straight from Sega. So it, just, it looks so weird. And I don't like the way it looked. And I don't know what it is, but something about Crazy Taxi 
also threw me off. Like it also lost all of the charm because like it had sharp edges. It had like these wacky looking characters. Everybody's like disproportion and whatnot. Like they looked, they looked unrealistic. They look like cartoon characters. Uh, so when your taxi car goes flying off a ramp at 600 miles per hour and crash through building windows and land with no damage, like you don't question it as part of the world. It's so unrealistic and wacky. Uh, but this new version, it looks so plain. I don't know what it is, but there's something about... And the only reason I bring up Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi and not Shinobi or Golden Axe or Streets of Rage is because Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio is what actually made me a Sega fan. It wasn't Sonic. It wasn't Shimnu. It was Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi. I absolutely loved those games. Uh, when Jet Set Radio Future came to the Xbox, that was one of my Xbox games that I played the most. Uh, alongside Halo, it was Jet Set Radio Future. And it was just one of those games that I clinched onto. And seeing this was so disappointing to me. Like, it made me sad. Yeah, I can't really... Unfortunately, I didn't play those games very much. So I can't really say right. anything to it. But I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's one of those things, though, where I am <laughs> interesting. I'm interested to like hear where those games go. Because I did think yeah, it was yeah. going to be like, oh, we're going to plop them all into one big release. Like it usually yeah, is. Yeah, the Sega new release or something. Yeah. But instead, they're releasing them individually. So more, like it seems like more actually might be done with them because of that. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, God of War Ragnarok's getting some DLC called Valhalla. Yep, that's yeah, that's the one uh, that caught me too. I was like, oh my goodness, they're bringing back God of War already? Yeah, I thought it was a sequel at first, and I was like, oh shit, I haven't played Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. This is spoiler heavy for me. You know, it was DLC. Yeah. And now it's like a, like the DLC is like the roguelike, like Hades-esque thing going on. And I went, oh, fuck, this is a good idea. Yeah, it's so cool. It's, it's this prologue thing. Uh, so if you haven't finished Ragnarok, absolutely do it. I, I still have to finish Ragnarok myself. I end up getting caught up uh, doing other, playing other games. Because uh, I got into Ragnarok late because I still refused to spend $70 on a game. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to wait until it was on sale. And by then, you know, a lot of people had already finished it and had to avoid spoilers all the time. I'm still avoiding spoilers. Uh, but Valhalla does kind of seem like it's a little spoilery, but it also shows like, okay, so they're actually going to do something uh, with, uh, with more with Kratos and Ragnarok. So I'm actually really interested. And that comes out on the 12th, like the day after we, uh, gosh darn it, the day after we record this episode. So it's going to already be out probably by the time this episode goes out. Oh, by the time this episode? Yeah, by the time this episode goes out, it'll be out. Because we're recording this on the 11th, and the DLC comes out on the 12th. Oh, and it's free. It's a free DLC, by the way. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so kudos to Sony and Santa Monica for that one. I think the last two big ones for me, um, Den of Wolves, a game that looks a lot like Payday. I, is it from? I think it is from former Payday. It's, it's, yeah, it's from the same studio. Yeah. Yep, it's from the same studio. So I don't know how that's going to be. Uh but have you are you have you played or do you plan to play the finals? Uh, I have the finals downloaded. I I haven't got a chance to play yet. I was going to play with a uh, a buddy of mine. Do you want to tell the audience real quick why I asked you that question? 
Uh, yeah, the finals, they showed off some pretty rad stuff at the uh, awards show. A lot of fast-paced nonsense. Uh, it's, it's another one of those games that made everything fast and flashy. But unlike the other games, the finals is actually a fast, flashy game uh, to where you and your friends can go up against other players or contestants. And the cool thing about the finals is that the environment around them is battlefield-level destructive. So it's not just... Call of Duty, shoot, shoot, bang, bang. It's actually, hey, I'm going to blow the roof off, quite literally, and then snipe somebody from the rooftop. It's actually really cool. But with that, yes, Taylor, I'm actually kind of excited for the finals. Are you going to play it? Like, do you have any plans to play it yourself? I do, but I don't know when. Like, I'm it's a, I'm getting around to it in the same way that I plan on getting around to redownloading Fortnite to check out what LEGO Fortnite looks like. Just out of a genuine curiosity. Yeah. So. Okay, I think it's I, I I think it's cool. The cool thing about the whole finals showcase here, well, I don't even want to say showcase, but I guess trailer, was that they basically were like, "Hey, yeah, um, here's the look at the finals," and it was a big trailer showing off all the destruction. What you're talking about? Then they were like, "Hey, the game's out now." It just dropped like out of nowhere. It's like, what's with everybody shadow dropping? Hey, Hi-Fi Rush, y'all did this, and I'm glad you did, because it's created a new trend, and I think it's a good trend. For certain games. Yeah. I don't think every game should be able to do it. I think the finals is one of those games. Yeah, because I, uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast, how free-to-play games are becoming oversaturated. I think with something like the finals, where it's like, like oh, you're going to do betas and all this, like hyenas, which they, the finals did give me a hyena vibe, which I was actually excited for hyenas. Um, but yeah, for something like that, where it's like, okay, we know we're going to be the flavor of the week. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of just hyping you up for days on end, we're going to drop during the biggest night of gaming. So when the, so when the event is done, not only are you going to want to download it, but you're going to want to play it that same night. And that's going to help boost her up a whole lot of interest. Yeah. For free to play games, it's all about getting the player base hooked. Whether that be on a future update, whether that be on launch or what have you. And I think the finals did a really good job of getting players hooked at launch by the unique way they launched the game. So I thought that was a great way to do it. Um, I will eventually play the game. It looks fun. I don't know how good it is though, because it's like you said, like there's so many free to play games that even though it looks fun, I'm like, okay, but how good can it really be? And that's not the finals fault. It's just the fault of what the genre is and what the market, the genre, these free to play games are. So Hopefully it's a really fun game, and hopefully it ends up getting a player base for years to come. It's not impossible for that to happen, too. It's just not... I don't know. It's not, I don't want to say it's not likely, but I would say it's at least a 50-50. It's an uphill battle for these kind of games. Yeah. Especially since start. Fortnite uh, has, did a major update. No, it did. It did. I think that was a cool way of doing it. Um, but I've seen some gameplay for it, and you know it looks fast. It looks fast-paced. So if you're not like into the Call of Duty slide canceling bunny hopping shooting, I don't know if the finals is going to be great for you either, because I've seen some people play it and man, it is already sweaty. All right. Well, I think that's just about it for all our notable games, unless you got one. Uh, no, that's it. 
Um, I still can't remember the name of the developer who, uh, when she came out on stage and she announced her mystery game. I forget the name of the game. I don't remember either. But at the same time, I'm sure somebody will let you know on our Discord. Are you ready to get out of here, man? Uh, yes, but before we do, I think it is important for us to talk about the game of the year. Did you actually play Baldur's Gate 3? Did you get around to playing that one? I have not gotten a chance to play Baldur's Gate 3. I know it is now on PlayStation 5 and Xbox, though. Yes, it is kind of sad that the developers didn't get a chance to announce that the game got dropped on Xbox. It, another shadow drop. It's like, yeah, it's on Xbox right now. I was really surprised. I was like, that seemed like there was a little commercial for it that showed it being on PlayStation and Xbox, but didn't show that it when it was coming out. Yeah. And I was like, did they forget to show another part of that that was saying <laughs> out now? Or did the developers forget to say it? Like, I, what happened here? So, so from what I know, the developers were going to going to announce it during the award show. Like, they're going to say that uh. Uh, it is out on Xbox now. Uh, but when they were talking about the game and they were giving their thanks, they got played off while they were uh, saying goodbye to one of the developers who passed away uh, during uh, development of Baldur's Gate 3. So I think the problem is, again, 30 seconds is way too short. So I, th- so I think the problem is they got caught up with saying their thanks and their goodbye to their friend that they didn't get to the point to where they were going to announce that, oh, by the way, Border Skate 3 is out now on Xbox. Yeah. And so I think that was a real shame. Yeah. It, God. So I think that was their plan. I think their, yeah, I think their plan was to announce it during the award show. It's really unfortunate, man. It's just running a show like that is really hard. I get it. But you got to find a way. Yeah, and I don't difficult. mean to sound like a broken record, but if you're going to continue to have it to be one night, you got to balance it better. You just do. And it can't be three hours long. And it's just, I don't know what you do. And I I don't mean to go back to my suggestion. That's the only suggestion I have. And once again, I would love to hear what anyone listening, what your suggestions are. So let us know. Yeah. So with that said, Taylor, what are you working on? Where can we find you? Not working on too much. You could find me in our Discord, link for which is in the description of this very episode. I do want to say, last thing about the Game Awards, uh, I think it was very well deserved for Baldur's Gate 3. I would have said the same thing about Spider-Man 2 or Zelda or Alan Wake 2. Like There was a lot of potential winners here, and it was a really tough year for it. And uh, yeah, man, congrats to Baldur's Gate 3. Congrats to everybody who was at the Game Awards this year. All the games and all the nominees, because there were some great games there this year. This was a stacked class, in my opinion. Man, it was ridiculous. And props to you, because, man, I was so happy for you. And not only for you, but because <laughs> like I, I love Like Alan, I worked on the game. <laughs> yeah, because I love Alan Wake as well, and I haven't played Alan Wake 2, but I know how much yeah. you love Alan Wake 2. So I watched the event going like, man, Michael must be so freaking pumped seeing Alan Wake 2 and seeing Sam Lake yes, I was get on stage a few times too. I was like, man, Sam Lake, he, oh, he kind of so seemed great. surprised to be up there as often as he was. He was like, man, another award? Okay, all right. I didn't expect that one. Yeah, man. I mean, when you take into, when you take into account uh, how underrated Alan Wake 1 was, 
uh, and a point that Microsoft didn't want to do a sequel, despite the point that Remy was into it. And they gave the rights back to Remedy. And years later, 10 plus years later, they finally get a chance to go all out and do uh, the sequel that they want to do. And to see just the gaming industry itself, like the gamers and the industry, just absolutely falling in love with, uh, with Alan Wake 2. It's like, it's like the game got a second chance. You know, games don't get that very often. You know, when a game, when the game undersells the first time or is underappreciated the first time, very rarely do you get a second chance to up to Annie and to show like why it deserves uh, to be its own franchise and why it deserves uh, to be a sequel. So yeah, man, I'm one of those people who's just like, I really do think Alan Wake 2 should have happened years ago, but I'm living in the now and I'm so glad we got what we have with the, with, with the power that these consoles have now and the PC has now. I'm super happy that Remedy was able to go all out with what they wanted to do and make Alan Wake 2 much bigger than the first one and continue to prove why Remedy is one of the best when it comes to storytelling and subverting your uh, expectations. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm really glad too because they're always a studio that's creative in the sense that they want to combine, it's clear, they want to combine television and video games a lot. And we yeah. saw that with what Quantum Break a lot. Like that was a huge one. Oh man, I love Quantum Break as well. Uh, this this gives me hope that we might get a Quantum Break remake or a sequel, and hopefully people will appreciate it a lot more. Uh, but with that said, yeah, um, that's another game that was underappreciated, and I'm glad that Remy didn't let the underrated uh, Quantum Break discourage them from wanting to do a mixture of live action and video games. It's one of those things, like, to me, you, you say Quantum Break's underrated. I would say it's a game that is very flawed, that at the same time is ambitious. Because it wanted to yeah. have a television show at the same time as, like, like having Which a TV fun. show and a video game at the same time, like, in the same product. And I find that interesting. It just didn't really get executed perfectly. And you've seen like ideas mm. like that throughout Remedy's tenure. Going back to the first Alan Wake, at the very least. So it's really cool like seeing Alan Wake 2 win the awards and get the love and all these nominations this year at the Game Awards. Because it, to me, it finally shows... like I know they had Control as well that won some awards. But I think Alan Wake 2 is like, okay, Remedy finally feels, to me, it feels vindicated with their creative ideas and trying to combine that live action video game thing. And uh, I hope they continue to be creative in the future. Yeah, it's about time you guys see what I see. <laughs> but Michael, what are I'm you working saying, on? I saw, it, people I saw it a long time ago. <laughs> oh man, as for me, um, I am working on my Twitch streams. I'm doing a lot better now. I finally hit 100 followers. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everybody, uh, for the support. So I will continue to work on there and uh, stream stuff with friends and whatnot. I'm actually streaming Lego Fortnite right now. So Taylor, it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, just make sure you grab a friend when you do it. As for where you can find me, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. You can also find me on X, a.k.a. Twitter, at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. 
Alrighty, Taylor, is there anything that you'd like to talk to us about uh, or Discord or anywhere else that people can talk to you since you no longer have socials? No, I've already played Discord enough. Check out our Patreon if you wish to support us there. We're not going to lock any po- uh, podcast content behind the paywall. We appreciate you whether you support us on Patreon or if you just listen to us. You're awesome. Uh, be sure to check out thenerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television. You name it, you can find it over at thenerdstash.com. I want to thank Michael for joining me today for hosting this great podcast. I want to thank anyone for listening in. I don't know if we're going on vacation. We're not going on vacation this week. It's next, or it's after next week's show, right? Maybe we got one more Is week. It, um, uh, you're the master of scheduling, so I assume so. so okay, all right. All right. We got one more week, and then we're taking like a short week or two break be around Christmas time. And I think Michael's going to be out of town. So um, we got one more episode left, so we'll see you next week.